I'm happy to introduce this morning um, our speaker to you is Pastor Joelle Hassler. Uh, she's currently serving as the executive pastor of discipleship at her church in Woodbury called Crossroads. Uh, she served as a youth pastor in the Twin Cities for 20 years before that. Um, she loves Jesus. She's passionate about people coming to know him. Uh, she's been married for 17 years to her husband, Adam. Uh, they have two kids, Ryan and Hannah, and a golden doodle named Rocky. Um, she loves to cook, she loves to work out, and stay up really, really late. So if you would join me in welcoming Pastor Joel Hassler to the stage this morning. Thanks for having me, you guys. I have a couple of connections to Northwestern I just want to say to you, if that's okay as I start. I live just a couple of miles from here. Um, in the summers, I send my kids to the soccer and basketball camps here as a pastor. I've baptized a ton of people in that lake uh, right back there. My mom spent a year going to school here. She's actually here with me this morning before she met and married my dad. And I grew up attending the church in Minneapolis that was called First Baptist, where the first classes of Northwestern were held. So I feel a very strong connection to this place. And what I've been asking God is I've been asking him if he would do something special in this room today. And maybe you came in here um, not really expecting God to move in your life today, but I'm asking that he does. So maybe you can join me in asking him for that as we start. So I actually served as the youth pastor and the pastor of outreach at that church in Minneapolis, First Baptist, for a number of years. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to get to know uh, the chaplain of the Hennepin County Jail, which is located right downtown Minneapolis. And the reason I got acquainted with the chaplain of the jail is because I needed to go there one day. One of my students asked me if I would visit his mom who was being held there, and I needed access to the jail. So I called the chaplain and I said, hey, I'm a pastor um, in Minneapolis. Is there a way that I could come and visit someone? And he said, um, yeah, you can, but you kind of have to go through like my process this guy has like kind of like a Miyagi process of getting access to the jail. And I was like, cool, what is it? I'll do it. And so he actually sent me through this like pretty long process of getting access. And then after I had passed, he sent me uh, a letter in the mail that was like my golden ticket to the Hennepin County Jail. I know you're all jealous that I have a, a golden ticket to the Hennepin County Jail, but I did. And I was able to visit Michelle and um, it was good. And a couple months later, I was really glad that I had that golden ticket because I got another call from one of my students. And um, actually two of my students had been picked up um, by the police because they had jumped the fence at their high school track and they were running the track um, and they were trying to train for football season that was coming up. And they were thrown in the Hennepin County Jail. They were 17 years old. And they didn't know what to do, so they called me. And thankfully, I had a golden ticket. <laughs> so I said, I'll be there in a minute. And I got in my car with my golden ticket and I drove there. And I went inside and I just explained the situation to the security uh, guard at the front. And I handed the golden ticket to the guy. And he was like, okay, cool. And I mean, he didn't really say much at all, but just like, just kind of like nodded at me and then he pointed to this elevator. So I went into the elevator, I just took my golden ticket and my jacket was on and everything and I went into the elevator and um, I, I just, I was like, I don't know where I'm going. I went up to the second floor, I got off, the, the door opened, I got off. There was another security guard like behind all this glass and he pointed to this door and I was like, okay. So 
I went to the door, I opened the door and I went through and I got to this kind of big open room and no one was in there. And then I looked around and you could hear the, like the click, like they locked the door behind me, okay? So now I'm in this open room and I'm like, I don't know, what am I supposed to be doing? And then I see the guy behind the glass and he points to another door. So I go to that door and I open it and I walk through the door and I'm in another room and I hear the click like the lock right behind me again. And I'm like, I am getting locked into this jail. What is happening? And then he points to a third door. And I'm like, I really don't know where I'm going. No one has explained this to me, but I, I'm going to go. Um, so I open the third door. I go in. It, it locks behind me. But now I am in a room full of people wearing orange jumpsuits. And they were just as surprised to see me as I was to see them. They, they happened to all be men. And I'm now standing with my golden ticket in this room with all these guys in orange jumpsuits staring at me. Um, but I had to, I did like a pastor face, you know, I like looked really calm on the outside, but inside I was completely freaking out. And I was looking um, really frantically for Charlie and Javier. I was like, they've got to be here. That's probably why they put me in this room. And I'm looking everywhere and I cannot find them. So I just... I decide I'll just take a stroll. I'll just walk through the room. So now I'm strolling through the orange jumpsuits and I don't see them anywhere. And this thing happened to me that has never happened to me before or since. And what happened was I started to sweat out of every pore in my body. Like every pore in my body, like places I didn't know you could sweat from, like between my fingers. I remember looking down and seeing like it was glistening between my fingers and my eyelids, like my eyelids were wet. I mean, I was literally just all of a sudden just pouring on my body, just pouring out with sweat. I was so nervous and scared. And thankfully, um, that guy must have been watching me from like a camera or something that I suddenly heard this like over the loudspeaker, like, pastor, <laughs> you know, pastor. Uh, and he said, your guys are not in there. <laughs> your guys are not in there. I'm like, thank you. Yes, I noticed they're not in here. He's like, I'm going to let you out. I'm like, okay, great. I'm thinking like, how quickly can you unlock three doors? <laughs> and I got out of there as quickly as I could. And I have to tell you, um, a little bit later that morning, Charlie and Javier were released, and it, um, it would be wrong of me not to tell you that their night in jail was much worse than my five minutes in jail. Um, but they did get a big kick out of the fact that their youth pastor was put in, was put in jail. Um, but as we processed it, I remember saying to the Lord, uh, I never want to experience that again, Lord. <laughs> have you ever said this to the Lord? Like you go through a thing and you're like, I never want to do that again. Like I'm not doing that again. Those moments where you go through, through a door, you don't know why you're going through it. You wind up in a place you don't recognize and the door's locking behind you. I was just like, never again, Lord. I'm not doing that again. And I have to tell you that I was kind of surprised then um, when 2020 hit and it started to feel like I was going through doors that I didn't know how to go through. And I was winding up in spaces I didn't really know how to navigate. And the doors were locking behind me. Maybe you felt like that too in the last couple of years. You know where like, we're navigating new things that we've never had to navigate before. We've ha we're having to navigate a global pandemic. We're having to navigate uh, racial and political unrest. We're having to navigate uh, vaccines and masks and all the things that go with that. In whatever realm that you're in in your life, you've had to deal with sort of unknown situations and circumstances. 
And if you're anything like me, you can, I, I mean, I, I would go through some of those doors because I had to, and then I would turn around trying to get back to the place I've been before, like, when's it gonna be over, Lord? <laughs> but the doors were locked behind me. And maybe you've experienced that just like in regular college life. You know, you've had to navigate new situations, new, new roommates, new friends, new classes, new decisions that you've had to make. And you went through it because you had to go through it. It's just like the time of life when you do this. But there's been moments when you wish you could turn around and go back to the things you know, the things that are foundationally true for you, that are safe for you, and you found that the doors behind you were locked. Have you experienced this in the last few years where you're just like in a place you didn't really want to be, trying to navigate it, and you can't go back? And have you found yourself just like sweating, (laughs) just sweating, maybe from places you didn't know you could sweat. Please tell me yes. Please tell me you've experienced some of this. Somebody give me a head nod because I have definitely experienced this. And as a result of experiencing this, I began asking a question actually just a couple of months ago. And the question was this, isn't God supposed to offer us peace? Doesn't God offer us Peace? I mean, I've been, I've been singing about peace since I was like four years old. We used to sing this song in, in church. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what I was singing about. <laughs> right? But I've been singing about um, in worship songs. I've been reading about in my Bible for 40 years about peace. But these last couple of years have got me asking these three really key questions. Do I really have access to God's peace? How can I have it when I need it the most? And if I lose his peace, how do I get it back? Those are the questions I've been asking, and um, I want to ask them with you today. But I want to say this because I know I'm taking a risk here. So I realize that it's possible that I'm standing in a room full of completely peace-filled people. Like, never freak out, never wonder about the direction you're heading. Maybe you guys are looking at me, you're like, this lady's just insane. Like, why is she so frantic? But on the off chance that some of you are a little bit like me and you have been struggling with your hair and your microphone, um, you have been struggling a little bit then let's go on this little journey together. I promise not to keep you here too long. I have you for 16 more minutes. And I wanna do this. I wanna figure out if we can learn just two foundational truths about peace that might really help us, and then figure out how to actually access God's peace when we need it the most. And here's what I wanna do. I wanna actually pray, because I need the Holy Spirit to be the one to teach this, okay? So let's pray and and invite him into this. God, We just invite you in this moment to um, silence the distractions and help us to lean into what you might want to say to us about your peace today. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, I want to start with a foundational truth that you probably already know, and here's what it is. Peace is a promise. Let me read you from Philippians chapter 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. God's peace isn't a maybe. 
It's a yes. God's peace isn't a maybe, it's a yes. It's a promise. He says through Paul in the book of Philippians, if you need something, you should tell me about it. Tell me about it. And then what I'm going to offer back to you is peace. And it's not regular peace. It's a peace that surpasses what you can understand. And that's a promise to you. And then he says that that peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Like the center of who we are, our minds and our hearts. That supernatural peace is going to guard the center of who we are. All we do is we just tell him what we need. And then he offers us back this supernatural peace. And that answers our question. Like I was asking myself, like, do I really have access to God's peace? You should know this. You have access to God's peace. If you've made a decision that you are following after Jesus, then you have access to that peace. That's the first truth. Here's the second thing that I want you to know. Peace is a promise. Secondly, peace is found in a person. The prophet Isaiah told us about him. Isaiah 9, 6, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, what's this last one? Prince of, Prince of Peace. It was predicted by Isaiah that Jesus would be our peace. Then Jesus shows up on the scene and he confirms it. In John chapter 16, I have told you all this, Jesus says, so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. world. Peace is found in a person, and that person is Jesus. He is the source of peace. Now, I want you to lean in and listen to this. Because that is true, God's peace cannot be found in anyone else. It also cannot be found in any worldly circumstances. There's absolutely no way for us to access the supernatural peace, the peace that goes beyond human understanding, other than in the person of Jesus. It has to come from Jesus. Now, this is actually really hard for us to comprehend in our minds. And the reason it's hard for us to comprehend in our minds is that sometimes we find little pieces of peace in other people and things in our life. And we believe that those people and things are easier to access than Jesus is. Let me say that again. Sometimes we experience little pieces of human peace on earth, and we like that. It helps us feel temporarily peaceful. And we believe that those things are easier to access for us than Jesus is. But when we give into that, and we allow ourselves to just look for those little pockets of peace, we give up our search for the supernatural peace that only God offers us. I wanna, I wanna give you a little illustration of this. Imagine that you are going through like a desert time of life, okay? You're in the desert, something bad is happening. You feel like you're lost or you're alone, you're struggling, the life circumstances are overwhelming, and you're in the desert and you know it. And so you begin to build for yourself little wells of peace. Just hang with me on this, okay? Little wells of peace all over your desert that you can stop at and get a drink from when you're really in a bad place. And sometimes those wells of peace look like just like a night out with friends or 
Maybe you're a runner, you go on a run and you feel like a little bit of peace from that. Maybe you're like a late night cake eater and you eat cake um, and you feel a little bit of peace. Uh, Maybe your family plans a vacation and you just think like, when I get to the beach, then I will feel peace. And you sort of set up for yourselves these these little wells of peace. And you go from well of peace to well of peace to well of peace, but what you're receiving is only what the world can give you. You are not receiving supernatural peace from the person of Jesus. So the problem is that each of those wells runs dry. And you're still standing in a desert. So what you really need is living water from a well that doesn't run dry. Ever heard of anybody who can offer us living water from a well that doesn't run dry? Jesus. We can't access God's peace from these other things. We can only access it from Jesus. And here's why I love this. If circumstances and other human beings and jobs and and accomplishments cannot offer me that kind of peace, then those same things also cannot take away my peace from me. If my peace that I have in my life is from God, then it's mine. It's mine. It's a gift that God has given me, and it cannot be taken away by the circumstances or the people around me. Those are the two foundational truths I want you to know. Peace is a promise, and it's found in a person. Now, some of you are thinking right now to yourself, that's awesome, Joelle. I already knew that, and I'm still kind of freaking out. I still experience anxiety. I still don't like the situation I'm in. I still am not actually in this moment experiencing peace. Like if you said that on stage, Joel, and then suddenly like peace swept over me, I'd be like, cool, this is great. It's a good chapel and I can leave and feel good, but I don't feel any peace yet. And if that's where you are and you're still feeling like you're sweaty (laughs) and you're anxious, then we're gonna just move on a little bit more because I want you to know how to access that peace that God has promised you. I want you to know how how to unlock it And for that, we're going to go to Psalm 23. And I'm going to have it on the screen, but if you feel like it, just close your eyes. And I'll just read Psalm 23 for you, okay? It's a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You can open your eyes. King David paints a really beautiful picture of what a life of peace actually looks like. It's kind of hard to ignore this psalm, actually, because it's so beautiful. But it also contains some sort of jaw-dropping, peace-accessing truths that I don't want us to miss, and I'm going to fly through them, so make sure you're paying attention, okay? Here's the first one. We're supposed to be sheep. Verse 1, David says, "'The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need.'" The most important thing about you and about me is how we see ourselves in relationship to God. And for David, he sees himself as a sheep. And he sees God 
as his shepherd. Now that was probably pretty easy for him to even write here because he was a shepherd and he understands the role of sheep to shepherd. But even if you've never tended to sheep before, you probably know what a shepherd does for their sheep. What do they do? They provide, right? They guide and they protect. Let me ask you, is that how you think about your relationship with God? Like whatever circumstance you're facing right now, do you think, I'm gonna, I'm, today I'm gonna face today knowing he's gonna provide for me, he's gonna protect me, he's gonna guide me in my, in my next step and my next step and my next step. David's saying, hey, if you wanna access peace, you should let him be the shepherd and you be the sheep. I think a lot of us have a really hard time doing that. Maybe that's because we live in a culture where leadership is the thing and we're always trying to lead things. We're starting to conquer things and win things and achieve things. But to access God's peace, the most important thing we could do is be a sheep. To be a sheep. Just curl up on the ground next to our shepherd and let his staff just hang over us. Most of us don't have lives that actually look like that. We have bills to pay and classes to pass and spouses to find And we cannot just leave that up to Jesus. We can't just leave that up to Jesus, can we? Yes. Yes. We can leave that up to Jesus. We should be a sheep. Secondly, God guides us towards peace. I really want you to hear this. Verse two, he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, the directional leadership that Jesus has in our life always leads us towards more and more peace. And if you're doing something or trying something and you don't experience God's peace, it's a really good time to ask yourself, is this from God? Is this the direction that God has led me? Because sometimes the direction God is leading you is not the direction that you want to go. When I was in college, the direction I wanted to go was ring by spring. That's, what I, that's the direction I wanted to go, yeah. And I was at a Christian school, and on Mondays I spent time in the prayer room. I was, I was on my knees. I was asking God, um, you know, when can I get married? When can the wedding be? When can I start planning? When is he going to propose? Literally, I should, I'm on my knees, and I have my journal out, and I have my Bible out, and I'm praying to the Lord. And the Lord just would never give me confirmation of that. And I was very annoyed with him. I was like, this is not what I want. And instead, he was filling my mind with all these ideas for the youth ministry that I was leading. So much passion for these students. And I was journaling. I couldn't stop journaling my ideas and my passions. It was because my shepherd was leading me towards the place I was supposed to go and not the wedding that I wanted to plan. And I didn't marry that guy anyway. (laughs) So thank you, Lord, (laughs) for that. He was the shepherd and he knew best. And that passion for those students lasted for 20 years before I transitioned to leading adults, which is tragic in some ways, <laughs> but really good also. We're supposed to be sheep. God guides us in the direction of peace, and when we get off track, he'll leave the 99 to come get us. He'll, he'll leave the 99 if you're off track and come get you and bring you back to the place where you can find peace again. Here's the last thing. God's peace doesn't quit on us. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I won't be afraid because you're close beside me. Verse six, 
Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Valleys are a real thing. Valleys are a real thing that we go through, but that doesn't mean we have to be without God's peace. His peace will pursue us in those valleys and in the mountaintops and in all the places in between. And it's in my last minute with you, or minute and a half, I just want to say this. Um, these past couple of years have been really valley-like for me as a pastor and leader. They've been very difficult. And I've been hanging out so long on this valley floor that I just decided to sit down. To be honest, I just decided to sit down. God, this is where you have me. This is, this is where I am in this valley. But would you meet me here? And as I've been hanging out on this valley floor, um, God's peace has really met me in this place. And he sort of gave me this mantra that I've been using to make it through each day. And this is what it is. Just be, just be faithful today. And every single day I wake up and I'm just going to be faithful to the things God calls me to do today because I know he's going to be faithful back to me. And I know that's the promise for you as well. If you are looking for God's peace, if you are searching for God's peace, he is going to be faithful and pursue you no matter where you are in your circumstances of life. Your job, just be a sheep. Go in the direction that he leads you. That will be a peaceful place. And then when you're on those valley floors, look around for him because his peace will pursue you even there. Let me pray for you. God, you're so good. You're so good that we were able to pack in a lot of stuff about peace in just a short amount of time. Um, but for anybody who needs your peace, your supernatural peace in this room today, I pray that you would give it to them and that they would know it's from you. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.